With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm sorry, I'm not liking it. I know this isn't what you want to hear. If all you want is Pollyanna stuff, if you want to get all motivated and pumped up and everything else for kickoff today at 5 p.m. between the Steelers and Washington, I am not your guy. I'm just not. The Steelers have to win me back, and infinitely more important than that, they have to win decisively. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Normally, a happy place, right? 11-0. What could go wrong? Facing a 4-7 and team with their number two quarterback at the helm and Alex Smith. What could go wrong? What could possibly bring me here on a game day to douse the whole thing with water or gasoline, depending on your perspective? I'm just not there. This happens. This happens once in a while. I suspect it's not just to me, where you look at a team like the Steelers, and you look at what they've done, and you look at all the outcomes of their games, and you say to yourself, you know what, this is another week where they've picked up some valuable lessons along the way, and it's only going to make them stronger. Wait till next week. And then they go into next week, and then they do something else wrong. They do something else that's inconsistent, and you go, okay, but that was important that they got that out of the way, because now they'll learn from that. There are some things about this football team that if we're being honest with ourselves, have not gotten better along the way. Not appreciably anyway. Where's the run blocking? Where is it? Where is it? We keep waiting for it. We keep acting as if it's something that you're just going to snap your finger one Sunday or Monday or Wednesday or whatever, and it's going to just be there magically. Why? Because Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, and Alejandro Villanueva are veterans. They've been around for a long time, and of course, they're going to be able to run block at will. What if they can't anymore? What if they can't? Think about that. How about the deep ball? Where's the deep ball? It happens occasionally. We get excited about the wide receivers. We get excited about the occasional deep play. And then, you know... Last Wednesday happens against the Ravens. Ben did his share. Chase Claypool dropped him. Deontay Johnson dropped him. I'm just talking about the deep balls. I'm not talking about the zillions of other balls that were dropped all over the field. It was pretty dispiriting because that hasn't gotten better either. Defensively, it's a little tougher to pick on them. But that's not necessarily the nature of the concerns now with the defense anyway. 
it's that they've lost two of their most dynamic playmakers for good in Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. You can talk about next man up and standard is a standard and everything else to your heart's content, but you aren't going to put people on the field who will have the impact that Devin and Bud would have. You just won't. You're, you're fantasizing if you think otherwise. So what actually needs to happen? What actually needs to happen is that this team needs to find, for the first time, the only other time, was the Cleveland game. 38-7, to every facet of the football operation was humming. Offense, defense, special teams, they had it all going on. They've played 11 games, and they've played one where everything went smoothly, where every facet clicked. That's not to be a dope here and to suggest that every undefeated team should smoke everyone every week. You can look through recent NFL history at teams that have been undefeated to this point or thereabouts in the season, and you'll find that there aren't that many blowouts, and they do sometimes struggle with bad teams. It's not perfect across the board. It's not an immaculate season. It's just a perfect record. But you do expect, you should expect a team to get better as the season goes along. I'm not seeing that. Want to know what I hoped for? Here's what I hoped for. Yesterday, I hoped that Cleveland would lose, singularly because it would have set up today's game, Pittsburgh versus Washington, as being one in which the Steelers could have celebrated an AFC North championship at Heinz Field in their home locker room. I know there's no fans there or whatever, but you get the idea. They would have had something that maybe you could have said would keep them really, really targeted on the day's cause instead of what we've seen here from week to week. So, no, I'm not going there. I'm picking Washington. I'm not doing that to stir anything up or whatever. For one, I don't take predictions all that seriously. What I predict doesn't matter in the slightest. But, you know, I'm asked to do these, so I'm doing it. (laughs) My prediction is that Washington will win and the Steelers will have their 11-game winning streak from the start of a season come to an end. Because I don't feel like Baltimore was rock bottom any more than I felt like Dallas was rock bottom. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like they've bottomed out where they need to be in order to start realizing that they're on the precipice of blowing a chance to build up real momentum going into the playoffs as either a one or a two seed in the AFC with a golden chance to win a Super Bowl. Some guys are locked in, not all of them. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe it'll take a loss this afternoon. And then, you know what else? I also might be completely wrong, and they'll come out and smoke Washington and everything else. When we come back, I'll be joined by Dale Lawley. It's Kate. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back. I'm joined by veteran Steelers beat writer from DK Pittsburgh Sports, Dale Lawley. Hi, Dale. What's going on, Dale? Well, Dale, it's funny that you asked. Um, I predicted on our site that Washington will win this game. I kind of explained why, but not really, in the opening segment of this one. And I expressed a, at least a little bit of regret that Cleveland didn't lose yesterday, so the Steelers would enter today with maybe some extra motivation toward focus. You know what I mean? And getting something done here. Um, am I being way too skeptical here? Way too cynical? I believe that you are, yes. Uh, this <laughs> Washington team is not good. Okay. Uh, they're they're wins this year. They beat Dallas twice without Dak Prescott. They beat the Eagles, and they've beaten Cincinnati. I mean, seriously, this okay. is not a good football team. Okay, but their defense is good. No, is it? Is it? They lead the league in in fifty yard passing plays allowed with six. Uh, it, it's smoke and mirrors, and a lot. They haven't. I mean, if you look at their schedule, it's just they haven't played anybody. Um, and, and so that adds to, you know, the whole thing, uh, they've padded the, their sack stats, uh, against some, some of these bad teams, for example, uh, playing Cincinnati, that, that entire second half of that game, that was the game Burrow got hurt. Yes. And so they were, you know, they, Cincinnati had 30 yards of offense in the, in the entire second half of that game with right, you know, right. Ryan Finley at quarterback. He stinks. He shouldn't be in the NFL. Uh, this is they, accurate. they sacked. Carson Wentz eight times in the opener when when the Eagles line was a complete and utter mess, um, you know, and that's a that's a, a division game, so they know each other very well. I, I just think I think they're they've got some good things on this team to be sure on defense uh, mostly on, on defense mostly. I mean, Terry McLaurin's an outstanding player, the uh, wide like receiver, the yeah. wide receiver. I like Gibson, but that's it. Okay, there's two players on this offense that the Steelers have to shut down. If you look at McLaurin. Uh, you know, and I laid this out in, in the, uh, my, my preview today, he's got, uh, 40% of the team's passing stats. He has 625 more receiving yards yeah, than I saw anybody that. else on the roster. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now he looked like Yancey Thigpen stats to really date my Steelers references here. Remember that when Thigpen would pile up like half of the Steelers numbers. Right. And, and yeah. so this Steelers defense is not going to struggle shutting that down. I mean, Alex Smith is Mr. Checkdown. Uh, they're just going to throw a bunch of, uh, of passes to the backs and the flats. The Steelers will come up and tackle that. I just don't know how the how this team how this Washington team scores a bunch of points well, in this game. I don't know how one third of the Baltimore team 
hung around for 60 minutes. Oh, because the Steelers played awful. Let's, okay, let's, but let's, that's let's, not my point. That's my well, point. Here, I, I think we can give them a little bit of a pass on that one uh, for, you know, in a game that was moved three times. Um, you know, I think they, they this was the one time this season that they lost their focus. Um, watching them in practice this week, uh, if that didn't regain their focus, then they're not a very good football team. And you and I both know that's not true. No, of course not. However, however, the part that drives you nuts is that other than the Cleveland game, we haven't seen a consistent three-facet performance out of this team. I don't think that can really be disputed over the 11 over the 11 victories. And that's my concern. I want to see this team getting better week after week. I want to see the deep balls start connecting. I want to see the run blocking. Dale, there are certain facets to this operation that just have not improved. You know what I'm saying? And now with the extra challenge that the defense faces without Devin Bush, without Bud Dupree, you know, let's put it this way. You remember a couple years ago when the Steelers had this habit of rolling through December, you know, and and really just being a steamroller by the time they got to the playoffs. That's what you need to see now, you know. Where is the first trace of that? Well, we're in December now, and so, right? you know, if that's uh, – you're, you're predicting a loss here, so you don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I tend to disagree with you strongly about that. I think this is a really good football team, and, you know – you're going to have losses of guys over the season. The fact that they're they're eleven and zero, and you know, typically when they when they've done that, gotten better at the end of the season. Well, they get to this point and they're seven and four. Uh, they're not there right now. This is a, again, this is a, a a football team that is that has been very locked in all season long. Has it always been pretty? No. But at the end of each game, you're sitting there and you're looking at it and you go, okay, they won the game. Um, you know, that, that to me shows a lot of mental toughness, especially this season, given some of the situations that they've been put in. And, and so I'm not going to discount them and say, oh, they're going to lose this game because they played bad the last one. No, I'm looking at the at an opponent that stinks. They stink. <laughs> they do. They stink. I'm not, not going to argue with you about the quality of Washington's football team. I'm not. Here, let's do this instead. Here. Because I ended up writing after the Baltimore game about meritocracy and about getting better football players or better performing football players on the field if it's deserved. What did you see at, at uh, what, what's the feel that you got from being around the Steelers facility all week as to whether or not we might see uh, some players, hint, hint, James Washington, get on the field? Well, I think you heard Ben Roethlisberger say, hint, hint, that he wants to see you know James Washington on the field a little bit more. You can't really tell from practice because they run their stuff and it's you know it's the same stuff. They get, they mix the receivers in and out. But James Washington is going to be on the football field. And oh by the way, the quarterback's the guy who's got to throw him the football. So you know I, I think you'll see you know Ben Roethlisberger looking towards James Washington a little bit more. I think you'll see him used in that in that no huddle package that they use, you know, that with, so, four. yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it, uh, a, you know, here and there, uh, but you know, they're going to use their guys and, and, you know, Roethlisberger also said they're not going to shy. He's not going to shy away from throwing the ball to anybody. You can say that, um, you know, but when guys start, you know, dropping balls that cost you a bunch of points, I mean, they should have won that Ravens game by 25 points. This is accurate. Uh, it, it was not close. It was not nearly as close as the scoreboard indicated. 
you know, the, the Ravens had 210 yards of offense and 70 of it came when Terrell Edmonds decided he was going to try, you know, play a little hero ball at the end of the game instead of just making a tackle. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that game's never close. Uh, you know, Ray Ray McLeod doesn't fumble a punt. I don't know if the Ravens score in the game. So, well, okay, but we're getting into a lot. That's that's an excessive number of ifs because there were a lot of drops and there were three fumbles. So, I mean, that's also part of well, the that's game. Two, right? that's, two, that's two ifs for the defense, though. Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and those are not plays that we've seen, or, you know, two ifs that. No, we, look, we've, Dale, we've not, not seen them turn the ball over a lot, and we've not seen the defense, you know, give up a bunch of stuff like that. I'm the last one to dispute that this is a good football team. I think this team belongs in the Super Bowl if it's performing optimally. My my concern is that they haven't done that, and I haven't felt a trajectory toward that end. Maybe that comes today. Maybe it does. You know, uh, I don't know. Um, what do you? I mean, do you think they're capable of winning one comfortably here after what we just saw on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, what's comfortable in today's NFL? I mean, you know, Cleveland was up comfortably on Sunday until they weren't. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, 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 that's the way the NFL is. I mean, and, and you could watch that game, and you know, my my uh, car colleague Bob Labriola always says this that you know when you're watching a game, every once in a while you'll see some flags come out that are are you know intended to keep a game close. Yes. You know, because it's about the viewership. And so I'm watching that Cleveland, that, that Cleveland, Tennessee game, and it's a 40 point blowout. And all of a sudden it is. Yeah. But we're stuck with it here. There's there's close games all over the all over the place. And we're stuck watching Cleveland and, and, and Tennessee uh, in a blowout in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh, you know, I yeah. mean. Uh, so well, I, do, I do think there is some of that around the league. So blowout losses or blowouts in the NFL are really hard to come by. They yeah. really are. But this, I'll tell you this: the Steelers have the highest point differential in the league. That's right. In the league. That's right. So they're beating teams by more than enough. That's higher than Kansas City. That's higher than any of these other teams out there. They're beating teams more than anybody else is by or by better margins than anybody else in the league right now. And we're complaining about how well they're playing. Well, they're not playing well enough. I, you know. Uh, it's, it seems to me we're we're really you know nitpicking here, and I get it. There's some there are some things here with this team that you look at and you say, well, that could be better or that could be better. But the one thing that we can't argue about is the thing that is the main thing that can't be better, and that's their record. They're eleven and zero. Nope. That can't be any better. It can't. That's Dale Lawley, beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. No problem, Dale. When we come back, just one question. At Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. It's time, as always, for our Just One Question segment, and that is sponsored by our friends at Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They are, together, a personal injury law firm that represents people who are hurt in car accidents 
who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. They pride themselves at LGKG in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. This law firm has been keeping promises for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can also learn more about them online at lgkg.com or give them a call at 888-842-5454. This question comes from Donnie Mason in, in Moscow. He asks, and yes, that Moscow, he asks, as we finally approach kickoff, we edge closer to the next opportunity for fans to question coaching decisions. Would you say that football is the hardest sport for fans to truly know what is a good and a bad play call because there's so much about each play that we don't really understand without the knowledge of schemes and matchups and nuances of the calls? That's a really good question, Donnie. Um I have so many different ways I could answer that by spilling into other sports. I remember Spin Williams, the Pirates pitching coach many years ago, once saying to me, if you ever think you understand what you're seeing with pitching, you don't. Just come and ask me. So I did for his entire tenure and for the tenure of every pitching coach thereafter. Hockey has its own challenges, a lot of people think that it's just mass chaos, people who are new to the sport. And so not only do they not recognize and understand strategy, they don't even acknowledge that it exists. And as such, it really gets in the way of even trying to learn more. But I'm going to go ahead and agree with what you said that football is the hardest sport for fans to know. I'm reading right off your question here again. Truly, what is a good and a bad play? The reason for that, Donnie, is this. In most cases, the only people who know where a given player was supposed to be or what he was supposed to be doing or for whom he was responsible on the other side, are that player and his positional coach. A lot of times, even the head coach isn't familiar with that. Think about that for a second. I want to give you a little story here. This was a preseason game in Orchard Park, New York, Steelers versus Bills. This was about five years ago. And the Bills sent out a tight end across the middle for a for a routine pass by Tyrod Taylor. Breaks big. 55-yard touchdown. Untouched. Right up the middle. Moses going through the Red Sea, right? And it looked to all the world as if this was Ryan Shazier's fault. Uh, Shazier had bit hard to his left. And the press box at... Oh, the Bills changed the name of that stadium so often. I was about to cite the stadium. I have no idea what it's called anymore. I think it's New Era Field still, but maybe not. Anyway, then it was probably something different. The, the press box in the Bills stadium 
is in an end zone. So I could watch. They were running. This, this tight end was running right at me. I could watch this whole play develop. And I felt, Donnie, like I was a football expert. I was that I saw everything. And I'm sitting there on our live file on the website and saying, Shazier really blew it, and that's not the kind of play you want to see from your smartest guy, the signal caller, and whatever else, right? So bearing in mind, again, it's a preseason game, doesn't matter. I go to the the Steelers' locker room afterward, and Shazier and and Vince Williams always sat next to each other, Uh, still to this day tighter than tight. And... I'm asking Shazier basically what happened, you know, like, and I'm, I'm trying to find a way because it's preseason, you know, you're not going to go in there finger wagging at guys, but you're curious as to what, what could have happened there. And Shazier typical, this is, this was so him looks up at me and starts basically taking the blame for this thing. Vinny's sitting next to him. It's just as an FYI, it's really not cool, generally speaking, for players to jump in on other players' interview sessions, even if they're within earshot. Okay, you're always, they don't laugh at jokes when they hear them or whatever. You're supposed to act like you don't even hear it, right? So Vinny jumps in and says, Whoa, hang on, DK. No, 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 man. That was 100% on me. And I look at him, at Vinny now with one eyebrow up, and Shazier smiles. Like Shazier knows that it actually was Vinny's fault, right? So Vinny goes on to explain this and this and this about cover two defense or whatever else, and this is the Tampa two defense. I don't remember all the details of it or whatever. Okay, It turns out everything that I shared with you on the live file was 100% wrong. And yet, if I'd been like Chuck Knoll watching that sequence from the end zone, I might not have gotten that right because I couldn't have known which linebacker was supposed to go in which direction. The only people who knew that were the players at that position on the field, meaning, in this case, the two inside linebackers, Shazier and Williams, and their coach, meaning Keith Butler. And that's it. That's it. So when you see a lot of these football grades and stuff like that, and you, how do they do this, not knowing where the... They don't know. They're guessing. So, yes, football is the hardest. Donnie coming through with the the big question. We'll have uh, a lot more fun for you tomorrow following the Steelers versus Washington game later today. Thanks so much for listening. front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.